0: whether they show it or not people are desperate for happiness and the happiness that they are allowed to seek has a name and that name is jesus christ and so that's how we want to frame the entire discussion here Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another beautiful
1: episode of Every Knee Shabow. I am Mike Gomer Gormley, and I'm joined, as always, by Dave Cucumber Melon Van Vickle. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? <laughs>
0: Cute. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, but it smells. It's it smells delicious. <laughs> my wife always makes fun of me for like the things I buy because I love. I I like stuff like that. <laughs> I can't believe I'm even saying. It. I I the other one day I was like, Amber, do you know where my. Uh, um, grape, grapefruit extract, face wash, face washes. <laughs> it's oh, like, this is coming out of my mouth. All I could think is what, what's happened to me? You know, like man card. Remote. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, man. This is, this is uh DR, uh, religious education season. Everything's kicking off right now. Oh my goodness.
1: Oh my goodness. Five, five catechist trainings. No, oh, wow. I have done or will do in the last week and a half. Oh, wow! Parishes. That's a yeah,
0: lot. that's a yeah,
1: lot. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's like uh, two weeks ago was all teacher training, yeah. and teacher days of reflection. I did four of those back almost back to back, and now it's catechist catechist days as we call them. I love cat day. It makes me
0: makes me so happy. Do you guys do a big cat day where you're at? Uh, we don't do it at the parish I'm currently at, but we will. Um, it's just something I haven't started yet since I'm here. At, at my old parish, we did uh, we did events, and then we did monthly enrichment as well. Ooh, very and then, smart. And then every year, I think I've told you this before, my catechist had to take the same three classes so that we would just pound it into them over and over and over again. So, What were those three classes? So the, so the first one is um, how to express a personal relationship with Jesus Christ within the Catholic Church. Um, the second one is uh, how to use the gospel, uh, the Bible and the catechism as your primary sources for catechesis. And the third one was the history of the church in America since Vatican II. And uh, the third one was funny because I I really just put that in there because so many of my cat like I'm from Franciscan University of Steubenville like you. And so many of my catechists thought that that was, like, some kind of a traditionalist cult or something like that. <laughs> and so I would just kind of, like, explain, like, why I would say the things that I would say and stuff like that. And and just kind of give them some historical background as to why, you know, uh, Franciscan was unique amongst Catholic colleges for so long and, and and why I am the way I am, you know? so Yeah. And so, folks, we're
1: going to break some of this stuff down in today's episode. We kind of already jumped into it. But, Dave... Before we jump into this, we have someone who's a listener that I just found out is a listener, <laughs> and I just want to welcome Ralph the Party Van Vickle to the show.
0: <laughs> Ralph the Ralph, Party he is the party. That's he so, is the party. I mean, I, to be honest with you, my mom is the one who told me that he listens, like that he loves it. But I don't know if that's true. Maybe she was just trying to make me feel better. But I'm happy. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah. So they they listen every week, and it's always it's always fun to hear their, their thoughts. Neither my wife. Nor my
1: parents really? <laughs> listen to anything I do. Nor my church, my friends. <laughs> it's just you, Dave. Just you and the infinite void that is the internet. Well, no, no, you know,
0: I I you know, I, I support catching foxes, but I, I don't listen to it. Um yeah. just because I don't listen to podcasts because I'm like 90 years old. But but also I can't listen to anything that has my voice in it. So I almost never listen to this podcast. <laughs> Which is so funny because
1: As a podcaster, as someone who loves the medium and would do this as my full-time job tomorrow, uh, I listen to every episode probably three or four times. That that is editing, interesting. Yeah, it's horrible. It's I hate it, and I have to listen to it on double speed. But I do. So, uh, for instance, uh, last week I just went to the Fullness of Truth event out in San Antonio. It was awesome. Fourteen hundred adults there. I heard you got a standing ovation. I got a standing ovation. where'd you hear that from? Probably me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did the talk on Mary and spiritual warfare, and it went so well. But one of the things I did while I was driving out there to kind of get my brain in gear, because it's a three-and-a-half-hour drive for me, was I was listening to your episode that you did by yourself on the principles of Catholic spiritual warfare. Yeah. That you did here on EKSB. And I love that episode. So I incorporated the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Kerygma, into that proclamation. I had people come up to me and they said, I enjoyed this whole weekend, but I was here for that talk. Oh, that's cool. awesome. Right? And it's because of the charisma. It's because right. of the charisma. So we're going to get into this. We're going to get into, uh, you know, this is the day of the catechist. So we're going to dive into it. Do you have anything you want to want to maybe talk about, introduce? Or yeah, anything? just, uh,
0: just uh, remember, I, I reminded you guys last week, I have a school of spiritual warfare coming up in Akron, in the Akron area of Ohio. Um, and that's coming up soon uh, in September, first weekend of September. And it, to find information of that, it's it's sponsored by Peter's Shadow Ministry. So if you look up Peter's Shadow Healing Ministry um, in Akron, Ohio, you'll find some information about this Catholic School of Spiritual Warfare. Uh, again, this is an effort um, on my part to kind of re-resurrect a thoroughly Catholic understanding of what spiritual warfare means. And again, I have no issue with all the wonderful things that we've gotten from our Protestant brothers and sisters, but there is a thoroughly Catholic way to look at spiritual warfare, and that's what this day is going to be about. We are here at Every Knee Shall Bow.
1: We are here to equip Catholics for the process of evangelization. We know evangelization is not just the initial stage of proclamation, but bringing someone under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, completely, totally, and utterly, It is teaching them about Christ, accompanying them, right? Maturing them into full disciples, a full stature of Christ. And, um, so this involves catechesis. This involves training in the doctrines of the church. So what we want to do is help the catechist. So our vision is like, here is an episode, or maybe we'll do several of them, that DREs could send to their catechists yeah, right. and just help them with their formation for the classroom. So why don't you get started? You have an awesome story for us.
0: Oh, yeah. So, okay. So I want to I kind of just frame everything around this, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Pope John Paul's document, Catechesi Tradende, which is so important, right, that if you're a DRE, you should, you should pretty much be able to – Quote it verse by verse, almost okay. Um, and and here's my story, and it, it's 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 nothing nothing breathtaking or anything like this. But, uh, Gomer, you remember my friend? You remember Kenny Baldwin from Franciscan? Oh yeah. yeah, love Kenny. So love Kenny. yeah, so Kenny's like one of my best friends, and uh, he works for Scott Hahn. Okay, and uh, he runs like Scott Hahn's St. Paul Biblical Institute and everything, and he gets to meet like all these famous people who are converts because they all want to meet Scott Hahn. Okay. So, like, Kenny will post pictures all the time with, like, Kevin James and, like, different, like, famous people, you know? <laughs> well, it just so happens that one of, like, the new convert, well, not, I don't know if he's a convert, but he is, like, newly into his faith, is a a, a ultimate fighter from, like, the 80s. He was, like, one of the originals named ba- Bass Rutten. Bass Rutten. Oh, that's okay. so funny. So, I literally Gomer, like some got some kids had like put posters of like their favorite basketball player or football player. I had like posters of Bass Rutten in my room when I was little. Like I loved Bass <laughs> Rutten. He he was like my, you know, my hero, okay? So I am dying to meet this guy. You know, like I am absolutely dying to meet this guy. And it's like Kenny knows that and he just won't, he won't like set up the situation where i can meet him yet mm-hmm. and i keep saying like just tell me where he's gonna be and i will bump into him by accident you know and go up and talk mm-hmm. to him so i desperately want to know him you know and and it's just like so <laughs> funny so bass Rutten, i mean i'm sure that i'm his biggest fan in the whole world i really am because hardly anyone <laughs> even knows who he is you don't know the name right you've never heard this no i've okay. never yeah he's from he's from he's uh dutch okay um and i'm desperate to meet him and it's like Uh, Kenny kind of knows like, I, like all I want is for him to introduce me to this guy. You know, I want to encounter this guy. Okay. Now this is my ridiculous way of segueing into this, that (laughs) at some point catechesis became about lists and rules and regulations, right? When all we really know is that people desperately want to know Jesus Christ, right? So So we'll, we'll, we'll do everything we can to teach people around Jesus and maybe not even on purpose. But unfortunately, what they only, the only real desire is that they're introduced, that they're able to encounter Jesus Christ in his fullness. And I'm not saying don't teach the listen. I'm not saying don't teach the rules and regulations, but it is so important that we remember what Pope John Paul said that, we have to put people into communion with the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to use this quote directly. I, I don't I want to read it because I don't want to mess it up. Pope John Paul in Catechesis Trinende says, In the first place, it is intended to stress that at the heart of catechesis, we find, in essence, a person, the person of Jesus of Nazareth, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, who suffered and died for us and now, after rising, is living with us forever. It is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. And Christian living consists in following Christ. So my point is, is what he's saying here is that, look, the heart of catechesis is introducing someone to Jesus. This is his little proclamation of the kerygma. And I want that to be the frame for our entire episode, that whether they show it or not, people are desperate for happiness. And the happiness that they are allowed to seek has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. And so that's how we want to frame the entire discussion here. Absolutely. So talking about a good catechist,
1: I think we can clearly say that Kenny Baldwin is a terrible catechist. Yeah, because he
0: won't introduce me to Bass Rutten. I just want to encounter Bass. That's he's what a I want. trash friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love Kenny. Yeah. I love Kenny. Yeah. Um, he's an awesome guy. But looking at it, Dave, then, I think the conversation needs to be framed this way. What does it take when a catechist is handed you know, a textbook, right? Uh, right. A lesson plan, scope right. and sequence, curriculum, content, whatever it might be. And they're told, you know, you, you hear the plea that goes out Run over the pulpit. Oh, gosh. We need more catechists. Right. Oh man, are you breathing? Come in. Exactly.
0: That's so awful. What does it take to make a good catechist? Okay. So, uh, we're looking for a few different things when we were looking for catechists. Okay. First of all, Uh, if I were the DRE, no matter how desperate you are, I would not put the plea out to the whole parish, right? Because unfortunately we have done such a bad job of catechizing adults that the vast majority of your, of your adults are not qualified to be even a children's catechist catechist. Okay. Uh, and, And here's why the vast majority of your adults do not have what we're looking for is a daily prayer life. Okay. A daily prayer life, a, to use like a, church nerd term, a fides quarants intellectum, right? A a faith that quests for understanding, okay? Those are two things. And number three, some maturity in that faith that quests for understanding, right? That they have some knowledge, some, some ability to be able to tell you the truths of the faith and relate them to Jesus Christ. So those are the three preliminary things that I'm looking for. A daily prayer life, right? A daily personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A faith that quests for understanding, meaning that they're, they're actively trying to feed their faith, learn their faith, know their faith, and that they've been doing that for a while here.
1: Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Fides Querin's Intellectum comes from, I believe it's St. Ambrose, yeah. where he talks about, kind of sets up the Enlightenment project of focusing on – or the Enlightenment project, the, <laughs> the medieval project, focusing on – faith seeking understanding and the kind of catchphrase is in so far as possible join faith to reason right yep. the idea of skillfully strategically uh, respecting the hierarchy of goods and the organic communication of christian truth Right. In a way that the modern ears can receive it. Right. That's our goal to do this. And the funny thing is, of all those things that you said, the maturity of of doing this, having that kind of intellectual thing, the most important thing in a catechist that every catechist should uh, every DRE should look for is a daily prayer life. Yep. Yep. Does that question get asked, though? For So many people.
0: Yeah. So for, so in our, in our program, we we ask it explicitly. We, we ask, well, we use Sherry Waddell's question, which is, can you tell me about your lived relationship with Jesus Christ, your daily lived relationship with the Lord? And, uh, if they have, if they struggle with that question at all, I, that, that person doesn't usually make my list. So it's not that I send them away and to, you know, out into the darkness where there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It just, it's just (laughs) that it's it for that year. Um, they're, they're in my opinion, not ready to share the faith with others. And I think that this is like what you said, it's the most important part, right? We're getting back to the episode on soul of the apostolate. If they don't have it, they can't share it. Yeah. And you're
1: robbing the kids of your lived testimony, right? Right. Not just the words, but now it's the story that backs it up. Modern man listens more readily to witnesses than to teachers. So if we can focus on that, I think that does a great job. Okay, so now they have the book, Dave. They're in the classroom. They have a daily prayer life. They feed ends, queren's, all the intellectums, right? <laughs> they're mature Christians. <laughs> what do they do once they're in the classroom? What makes them a good catechist in the room? Okay,
0: okay. so first of all, you're gonna you're going to find someone who sees this as a serious apostolate of their life, meaning that they're not preparing that morning, okay? Number two... Uh, in my programs, at least, if you're going to do art projects or kind of like vacation Bible schooly things, they better, better be really good and really poignant, okay? Uh, number three, we're, t- we're teaching the traditional faith of the church. We are not trying to update the church's teachings, okay? So we're, we're applying the traditional teachings of the church to today, but we are not trying to update the church's teaching. Let me give you an example of that. So one of my catechists got... Fired, which is sad, but um, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. But uh, uh, and what it was was a project that he just he had done it for twenty years when I got there, and um, it was uh, he had eighth graders write the Ten Commandments of today. Okay, now oh, is that really okay. that big of a deal? I mean, okay, some people are going to think that I'm overboard here, but I had said to him like, I just don't understand why you're not helping them to interpret today's sins in light of the truth of the 10 commandments, rather than having them rewrite a commandment for today. Okay. And so what they would do is say like, thou shalt not spend too much time on screens. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Okay. And they were making like a new set of commandments. Okay. In my opinion, that is a complete and utter waste of time. And if we had like in a normal school setting, you know, I don't know how many days a, a year kids go to school. I don't know, 200 or something like that. Right? If they if they went those that many days, it, it might be different, but probably not. But we don't have much time with these kids, so I I'm looking for someone who can seriously prioritize and wade through all of the different things that come with the text and really get to the heart. Uh, who can. Both teach the truths of the faith, but make sure that they're teaching the person of Jesus Christ in those truths. Yeah.
1: And that can't go uh, understated. The person of Jesus Christ is the one that unites all the different doctrines of the church. Right. So the reason why people come out saying, oh, it's a bunch of lists of things to believe and do's and don'ts to abide by or to to do, Um, the reason why people say that is that even though we might clearly teach the doctrine of the immaculate conception, if it's not tied to Christ, it's just kind of floating out there in the ether. And we need to bring it back. We need to connect it and show how the whole thing proceeds forth from the Trinity and Christ's incarnation.
0: Yeah, it's just, this is, this a, is a, something that they should be daily uh, thinking about, that they should be preparing for throughout the week, that they should, they need to see that these kids are their apostolate. They need to see some importance in that, and so I, I think that that's going to be extremely important as you move forward and to you know just develop that curriculum. By the way, DREs aren't aren't alone. Like they're not free in all this. They should be helping teachers to shave down the curriculums so that they're getting to the heart of what the church teaches and introducing uh, the the students to Jesus. Absolutely, and let your testimony bear
1: forth, right, teacher. Your story matters. Even if you're talking to a bunch of first graders who are bouncing around off the walls most of the time, your story still needs to be woven into your communication of the gospel.
0: Right. And I think, you know, uh, I have a a beautiful story that uh, one time I went to uh, do a parish mission and a lady came up to me afterwards. And I always tell my catechists this story at the beginning of the year. And she said that you know when she she grew up uh, going to CCD and uh, her catechist, the last thing she would always say is like, no matter what you feel, no matter what you think, God loves you totally and completely, exactly who you are. Okay, and this girl uh, grew up and got away from the Lord and was really struggling with depression, and one night decided to end her own life. And she said the one thing that stopped her was that thought of that old. She said, frumpy, big lady <laughs> who's, who said, no matter what, no matter what you feel or what you think, Jesus Christ loves you unconditionally. And that was the one thing that stopped her from taking her own life. And so I tell the catechists that all the time because I think now a big challenge for catechists is that they don't think they're making a difference. You know, in an hour a week, can you really change the culture that they're living in? And it's hard, but there, is different, there are differences you can make. Absolutely.
1: And I think that it's that, a point that bears repeating. You have one hour. You can't do everything. Right. But what you do can have saving significance for the rest of their lives. Now, I think we need to move on to what makes a
0: bad catechist. Yeah, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this, too. I, 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 the, the, okay, I'm going to
1: start them. with the, the kind of the practical stuff first. Yeah. You yeah. ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Number one, unprepared. Yeah. Right, the first time you see the lesson right. is right. when you open the book yep. in the
0: classroom. I hate it.
1: This is the mortal sin. <laughs> this is, you're going to go to hell for all eternity if you do this. Uh, no, the the idea of hemming and hawing because oh, they're just first graders or just second graders. It's almost like the younger they are, the more effort you have to put in. Because right. if you don't put in more effort to make it come alive. The kids are going to be bored, and you're going to have even more discipline issues than you otherwise would have. Right. N- number two, you don't know the kids' names. Uh, if by I, week I, That three, drives me nuts. If by week three you don't know all of their names, you're doing it wrong. It is very easy to sit there and be like, hey, over there, you know, whatever. You need to figure out ways to get to know their names
0: because they know you don't care about them if you don't know their names. So – uh When I was a DRE, so now I'm a director of evangelization, when I was a DRE, I uh, got permission from 99% of the parents. I took pictures and put names next to all the kids. I knew all 365 kids' names in my program. And I would say, goodbye, Peter. Goodbye, Steven. I learned them all. And I thought that that was one of the most important things I've ever done because I realized how many of the teachers all of a sudden were calling them by nicknames and how impersonal that is.
1: I mean, hey, buckaroo, see you later, buckaroo. Come on, come on, people. Uh, Number three, you never pray for them. You never pray for them. You have a class that you are forming. Sacred Scripture says teachers will be held to a far stricter account on Judgment Day, right? Right. So if teachers are being held to this graver standard and you're unprepared, you don't know their names, right, and you're not praying for them, come on. You're failing at your duty. So you need to pray for your kids. Uh, It would be awesome if you prayed for them by name. Um, That needs to be a constant thing. Number four, four, you don't quote the Bible ever. Uh, There is a catechism textbook. I can't remember which of the major publishers, but it's one of the major ones. Where they literally never once in all like 10 chapters or 15 chapters, they never once quote scripture. That is that is sick. That, that is, is sick. And it's so common. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, so you're talking like even the sections that talk about the Bible don't even quote the Bible. And uh, so, if you have one of these damnable textbooks, don't worry—the USCCB approved it. If you have one of these <coughs> damnable textbooks, you need to be the one drawing them into scripture. If you have a morning catechism class, start with Psalm ninety-five, right, or or something that you know connects them to the liturgy of the hours or something. Um, begin to teach them some of this stuff that's drawing from the Book of Psalms, so it becomes a part of their prayer life, whatever it might be. Um, The next one, you never share your story of God's movement in your life. You have to start letting – you know, I struggle with this too, blah, 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 blah. Um, When you're teaching, you don't think about conversion. You only think about communicating the doctrine. Right. Okay. So usually each chapter is broken up to a piece or a doctrine itself, and you're kind of explaining, oh, this is what the church teaches about the Eucharist or whatever. When you are communicating this, think about it from the phrase – I am teaching this so that their lives are transformed, right? The the so what of the catechist. So what Eucharist? So what scripture? So what tradition? So what Mary, right? It's so that these people can be converted, right? That's the importance. And that's what actually, if you think from that perspective, you will automatically put the person of Christ in everything you do. And I have two more. You don't see the whole and this is totally related. You don't see the whole picture and how it's all interrelated to Christ and the Trinity, to the two foundational doctrines of the church. And lastly, prayer in your class is nothing but bookends. Right? We start with an Our Father, oh, we end yeah. with the Hail Mary. Right. Goodbye. Right. The other day I was doing a catechist formation day, and as I'm teaching the class, in the middle of it, we brought up a kind of a difficult issue and then we just went into prayer. Right. I love That's how we need to model this as leaders, as DREs, as directors of evangelization. We need to model this, and then we need to do it with them, and then we need to encourage them explicitly to weave prayer, especially when a kid says something like, you know, like maybe you're talking about suffering or the cross, and someone says, you know, my grandfather has cancer or something.
0: Immediately take that opportunity to get the whole class to pray for him. Yeah, and don't forget, um, imagine when you're preaching the kerygma and weaving the kerygma throughout the teaching – what you're trying to do is like build up an excitement to meet a person. So if you're not praying during the class, you're never allowing them to encounter this person that you're telling them so lovingly about and so excitedly about. Right. So if I just like said, like I have this friend and when you meet him, he's the greatest thing ever. And it's so amazing and all this stuff. And then, and then you're like, but I'm not going to introduce you to him. Right. The encounter part is really important. That's why prayer is so important. And that's why Kenny Baldwin, I'll say it again, is a monster.
1: Um, <laughs> I him. Okay, wait for so to now, <laughs> what's a good catechist? What's a bad catechist? Now let's move on to practicals on how do we find. Good yeah. catechism, I'm, 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 How do I'm you the do king it? of this.
0: I'm the king of this. And
1: I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I'm the, I'm the fogging mirror guy, right? right like, right, if your right. breath
0: can fog a mirror, you will. Yeah, right, right, yeah, right. So uh, this is, this is going to be stepping out of the boat for most DREs, but what you need to do almost immediately is start an adult formation, faith formation series. You need to start some kind of a Bible study, some kind of a series at night, and start to see who is serious about growing in their faith. Now- just because someone doesn't come to that, does that mean they're not serious about growing their faith? No, but you got to have a pool of people, and what you're going to do is you're going to start to um, what you're going to do is start to get to know these people who are coming to these series, so that you have a constant pool to draw from. And now, from now on, you take the ad out of the bulletin, you take the ad away from the pulpit, and you only advertise that you need catechists at these adult faith formation events. Okay. Um, remember, going to Father and saying, Father, do you know any good Catholics who would be good catechists is not usually the best way to do it. Because what does Father do? He gives more work to the busy people, right? So he finds someone who's volunteering there all the time, and he says, well, that person must have a great faith. Let's put them in a catechist position. That's not necessarily what you want to do. What you want to do is find those groups in the parish that are more prayerful, more serious about their faith, and start to weed out the different things uh, that you're looking for and try and get people from that smaller, much, much, much smaller pool than the entire parish. Oh, I think that's awesome. One
1: of the things that we did was a big ministry fair, and we would have these ministry fairs so that people can find out about the different ministries and sign up and volunteer and learn more. But one of the things that you find out is – of all the people that put their names down, a small fraction of those people will actually end up becoming volunteers right and you don't necessarily want them now, I don't know if you struggle with this day, but we struggle with a total lack of volunteers right right so we have a i mean we 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 have about like a thousand to two thousand kids Gosh. in kindergarten to let me think I think it's sixth grade that we need to catechize. And so we need 80 catechists. So how would you recommend if we have 40 signing up and we need 40 more, how would we recruit those 40? Well, you
0: know what? I don't want to leave people out just out there like this because there are situations like this where you are going to have to put people in the, you're going to have to make the best option choice. And that's why I think it's so important that we tell you when you're trying to put together your catechist team, you, you can't, you have to be comfortable letting people go. Right, because in Gomer's case, right, he's literally going to have to create catechists. Right, he's going to have to pray to God to send them, teach them, form people in the faith, and then and then ask them to be catechists. Now, so in the meantime, what are you going to do then? So you may actually have to choose the best option, and then be willing later on to say, "Hey, I think you know we're going to go in a different direction this year." Yeah, yeah, and uh, to be that's a rough conversation, by the way. That's it's awful. Yeah, but the immortal souls
1: of human persons depend on it, right? But it's like we're sacrificing the faith of little kids to save ourselves from having a painful leadership conversation. It just needs to happen. How are they equipped to be catechists? I think Dave gave us some great tips on finding good uh, catechists in your parish. Don't just rely on the pulpit announcement or the bulletin announcement because you might get those kind of people who feel guilty, not called. Right. Right, The parent who's like, well, I need to do something. They're going to cancel the kid's class. And the Lord can work with whatever mustard seed you bring in. Right. But then it falls on you, the DRE, the pastor, hopefully your pastor's in lockstep with you, that training your catechists it will have a return on investment that can literally save their lives yeah. and will save their souls.
0: Right. So it's an area that I think we need
1: To double down in
0: if you're a dre out there i hope that this episode kind of gave you some hope and maybe a vision or path forward if you're a catechist i hope you can kind of look at the what makes a good catechist what makes a bad catechist list here and try to start to form yourself to be better and and again as we always say um i don't know gomer never makes any mistakes but i've made all those mistakes before uh and uh and i you know so don't feel bad if you found yourself on one of those lists um, just see that, you know, like this is, it, you're, we're meant to grow in this, right? We're meant to grow in this. Now, we love doing this podcast for uh, Ascension Press. We love being a part of the Ascension Press community. Ascension Press is one of the easiest ways. Get involved with Ascension Press is one of the easiest ways to form your catechists in the faith. They have awesome resources. And so please uh, visit com and support uh, the people who sponsor this podcast. Uh, also, we want to hear from you. If you're a catechist, if you're a DRE, if you're out there listening, we want to hear from you, and you can email us at eksb at ascensionpress.com. That's eksb at ascensionpress.com, and also, if you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider blessing us back uh, by giving us a rating on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to your podcast. We'll be be back in just a minute here uh, with your five practical takeaways.
1: I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an Activated Disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon.
0: All right, we are back for uh, to every knee bow, your hopefully favorite Catholic podcast on evangelization and discipleship. And uh, we're ready for our five practical takeaways. Remember, as as always, these five practical takeaways are things that you could start doing today to get involved with evangelization. We've heard some awesome stories so far about people who have done them and do the five practical takeaways. So if, if you are doing these, please contact us, email us at eksb at ascensionpress.com. And let us know: uh, Did you fail? Did you do well? Was it was it great? Was it uh, one of the stories you'll tell? Is an embarrassment? I mean, we've all been there. We <laughs> want to know about how these five practical takeaways are being played out in your life. So here we go with our with our five practical takeaways for today.
1: All right, now number one, I want you to go and read Ephesians chapter four, verses one through nine. This is your spiritual prayer time, especially because it says. And his gifts is verse 11, and his gifts were that some should be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipment of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, there's a lot more that is packed, but it talks about the body of Christ and everyone's individual role, and there's a point It's to mature the individual to the full stature of Christ. So take that, meditate on it. It's an epic and dense couple paragraphs. So Ephesians 4, 1 through uh, 16.
0: 1 through 16. I wrote 1 through 9. 1 through 16. Awesome. Okay, number two, what I want you to do is, you know, I I gave you that quote in the beginning from Catechesi Tridende. That's from Latin paragraph number five, and it's the middle of that. It's the middle paragraph there. And it says, in the first place, it is intended to stress that at the heart of catechesis, we find in essence a person, the person of Jesus of Nazareth, the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth, who suffered and died for us, and who now after rising is living with us forever. It is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life, and Christian living consists in following Christ. I want you to memorize that. That's what you do. It's it's easy. Just in in the next week, just memorize that and let it be the way that you base all of your catechesis on from here on out.
1: Number three, when your DRE gives you the roster of the kids' names in your class— I want you to take out a book or buy a notebook or something and handwrite each kid's name on a piece of paper, and next to it, I want you to write something that you want to pray for them for. This is even before you meet them, and I want you to spend about
0: one minute per kid in prayer. Pray for this individual. All right, number four. We talked about how uh, good catechists is grow- constantly growing in their faith that they have a that fides corns intellectum, right? The faith, the quest for understanding. What I want you to do is prepare a lesson plan on one specific topic for one week that you would present to the kids. I want you to just prepare for it, get ready for it, dive deep into the topic so that you know it inside and out, and then prepare it for the age group that you teach. And I want you to write down at least one sentence of how you're going to link that topic to the person of Jesus Christ. And remember, when you're preparing this, keep in mind those lists we gave you of what makes a good catechist and what makes a bad catechist. And finally, number five, come up with
1: one example from your life per lesson. That is whoa, relevant to the topic, whoa. right? Very simple, Good right? Job. So you can tell us, so, oh, I, I struggle with this. I love this. My mom used to always say blah, blah, blah about this. One time I heard a homily from a priest and it really was meaningful on this, right? So connect it to the story of your life. Don't just give them content. Give them you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the concluding episode, helping catechists become saints and equipping the saints for life with Christ. We hope this has been a blessing to you. We hope that every knee shall bow is in your podcast player of choice every week and you consume it wholeheartedly. I'm Mike Gormley, joined as always by Dave Cucumber Melon Van Vickle.
0: (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. God bless you. Adios.